Hello, friends. Karen Janes is about to teach us how they make up gobs of that weird and almost imperceptible cannabinoid, Delta-8, on a molecular level. Delta-8 is still in all the shops and all over online, but current law says no, no. And I don't know a single medical professional who's using it. Karen goes further to discuss other interesting compounds like MDMA, when suddenly you'll hear me talk about psilocybin lifting me out of the bottomless pit of sadness of being a widow and so much more. Join us for part two of this riveting conversation with yours truly and a certified cannabis expert right after the intro. Welcome to Season 4 of the Cannabis Truth Podcast. I speak the language of cannabis freely and uncensored while educating my audience on safe use of this live plant therapy. You should know what's in your cannabis, what's good and what's not, and what it does. It does not come with an FDA stamp of approval, yet. Using cannabis mindfully as medication is a different concept in Western healthcare specifically of the past 100 years. There's a lot to learn and reconsider. The information you'll find here comes straight from the scientists and clinicians doing the work and reporting their findings in real time through various live online outlets. The specific scientific truth of cannabis is finally getting out and is wide open for all to see at respected medical sites like PubMed.gov and JAMA, the Journal of American Medical Association. And I'm right there in the thick of it with all those titans of medicine as a fly on the wall because I'm not a doctor, nor did I go to medical school, but I did take dozens of private cannabis courses from doctors and scientists and still engage in continuing education offered by cannabis expert scientists over the past few years and slowly began to see and understand the bigger picture. Now I talk to people all day long about cannabis and hopefully inspire them to research the facts as we know them today. Cannabis is an amazing alternative in health remedies. It can reportedly alleviate typical disease problems and troubling side effects, even those caused by synthetic prescriptions. This is Honey Smith Walls, a 21st century cannabis shaman, not a doctor, not a scientist, raised by nuns and wolves in the verdant cattle pastures of the Oklahoma oil fields. I'm here to amplify the truth of this great big story of cannabis in historical, political, scientific, and spiritual terms so you can make educated decisions about the medicine you choose to ingest. On a molecular space, you have different effect. Now, what we found in Delta 8 is that while we shift it, you know, just a tad over to another part of that molecule, it has a different effect. And some of that effect is um, it doesn't degrade like Delta 9 does. So like if you would leave out a cannabis flower on your table and not cover it or put it in an airtight container, 
then that THC would degrade and it would become into, something into CBN, right? Look at you. I'm so happy for your community. They're so lucky to have you. Can you tell us how they, how you convert, how you just move one molecule over? You know, they do that in a really highly caustic chemical process. And it's not hard to do. It's not, not hard to, to make that happen, but it is a chemical process. And that chemical process includes highly caustic solvents that when they, when they transfer that molecule and it's done in a lab, don't believe that they're getting that from a plant. They say it's coming from the plant. There is so little of that molecule found in that plant. There's no way anyone could fill a vial in the amount of D8 that they say is in there from the plant at any level of expense worthy of doing. People just couldn't do it. It's just ridiculous to say. All D8 is synthesized is what you're saying. Trace amounts if it even exists in these plants. So it is. It is synthesized in a lab using highly um, caustic chemicals. And those residuals, if those chemicals are not removed from that product, then you are inhaling those those chemicals, you are eating those chemicals, and those chemicals have been lab chemicals for a very long time that have never been tested on humans. And don't kid yourself, audience. It's not yeah. a beautiful, pristine, clean lab with guys running around in white lab coats. Right. No, it's yeah. some guy out in his garage making this shit up yeah. and yeah. then dispensing it, you know, to the local dollar stores and gas stations. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, and it's come to a point where it's created so many adverse effects and so many reportings of, of problems that, Finally, 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 um, Congress is, has asked the industry for a request for information um, that went out at the end of July of this year. And many industry um, organizations have participated in answering the 29 questions that were asked with regard to CBD specifically, because mm-hmm. the Farm Bill is, is where all that happened in 2018, where mm-hmm. um, that, that hemp Um, With the intention of industrial hemp, which that's another conversation. Industrial hemp is not CBD. Industrial hemp is is rope and textiles and really cool product called hempcrete, you know, and there's great, you know, remediation opportunities for us in farming hemp again. Um, Big renewal in in hemp industry going on right now in in all kinds of stuff. Hemp airplanes, hemp cars, uh, hemp huts, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Hemp Chernobyl. Right, right, right. So it'd be really, really great to revisit the investment intentions in industrial hemp. So I would love to happen. But yeah, so I I really do. That's going to be addressed this year. And, you know, by the end of the year, I think something's going to change. But, you know, there's all the predictions of, of what and how and yeah, it'll be interesting to see because it is a tangle. Remember those Christmas lights? It's all a tangle. It's all- <laughs> it's all- yeah, yeah, it really is. And so this is just the growing pains of us, uh, you know, living through the politics of cannabis, getting those Christmas lights untangled. Um, you know, uh, that's just a big political mess. All of that is going to wash out. And the truth of the science of cannabis is, is 
not only evolving, but making a big splash all over the universe. Yeah, you know, and I'm excited about it. And I want to say, you know, cannabis isn't the 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 cure-all be-all of everything you know i think cannabis is you know works really well with um, a lot of other integrated um um, medicines yeah it really does and practices you know like you know i would like to see cannabis therapy you know like you know you're you know with guidance from mental health professionals with guidance from your physicians and your clinicians, you know, that it's really important. And I, I really want us to entrust um, our medical professionals and our, and our pharmacists and educate them so that they can be the professionals and the educators that they're meant to be. So, so programs like the UMB program, um, the University of Maryland, Baltimore program, you know, we have so many clinicians and pharmacists who have gone through the program as well as mental health providers. And, you know, we, there are so many courses that support the science base and the chemistry, the pharmacokinetics, the pharmacokinetics, the pharmacokinetics, pharmacodynamics, um, the, the, the um, genetics, we get into that. We talk about the history, we talk about the policy and we talk about the therapeutics um, oh, sounds thrilling, really. How long did it take you to get through the, the uh, system? It's a two-year program. Fantastic. And Boy, that's online. a blip in time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mostly online. Um, and that's awesome because you can do it from where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, you network with people from all over the country and the world. We've had some international students that have been part of the program. A physician from Costa Rica was in my graduating class and um, I think we've had students from Hong Kong and some other countries. Um, but, you know, education is huge and and moving the regulations so we can do more research. You know, we need we have a lot of research out there, but the research isn't using the products that people are using. Right. Research- well, it's been crippled. Yeah, yeah. It's been crippled by the politics, uh, uh, you know, and so. Uh, really, and I, I'm not sure if the audience understands this, but uh, up until lately, uh, any research that was funded by, you know, government agencies or whatever uh, on cannabis could only be done in the negative. They were looking for something wrong with it. And, and uh, they were not allowed to prove anything that was good about it mm-hmm. uh, if they wanted their paperwork cited. And yeah. so, again, politics in the panties of our medicine is, is in my opinion, a huge mistake. But yeah. um, uh, that, too, is all going to wash out because science has a way of finding, you know, itself into the truth of our minds. In a time when, when media is very confusing, you know, what is, what is truth in media? What is really happening to be in a space where we know that, that there is medical benefit because the FDA has approved four drugs that are, um, approved cannabis, um, drugs in this country. Epidiolex is a CBD, um, direct mm-hmm. derivative of Marinol, what it's called, um, Sesmet, um, and one is Syndros, and they have been scheduled differently. And so to say that, you know, it doesn't have the medical benefit, it's just, it, it's just a, 
attention point and it and it's a science debunking and it's not healthy for our country it's not healthy for science no it makes us dis yeah it makes us distrust our government yeah i don't want to distrust my government i you know i'm the guy who voted for the guy to get into it so i don't want to mistrust these people that's right. That's right. We need to get on board. And, you know, I, I think it's time. It's beyond time. And, you know, so it'll be great to see what happens at the end of this year. I'm, I've, got a, I've got a front row seat. I've got my ticket and I'm ready to see what we're going to do here. And I've made an investment in my education and I'm, I'm ready to make that, that change and support the change. So your energy and enthusiasm is invigorating. I can mm-hmm. feel it across the wires. Really, oh. I can. Well, good. I'm glad because I feel. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, it's a wonderful industry to be involved in uh, and a wonderful plant to evolve with. And so um, it, we just have to get the education out about it and help people understand. I, I'm so pleased to hear that uh, you're part of this leadership and it's thrilling work, really thrilling. You've had so many wonderful experiences. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I, I, I feel really blessed to pursue something that allows me to be my best self, you know, and to experience myself in the ways that my gifts and my strengths are, you know, to pursue the things that really roll well with me. Like I heard you say, you're a musician. I'm also a musician and, you know, finding time to express that through my creativity. I'm an artist. I, I, I use, you know, cannabis and psychedelics and my creative processes to evolve my consciousness, to move myself out of uh, trauma uh, ridden spaces. Um, You know, there's so much that we have learned in the past 10 years about the human brain and in the research that we understand about neuroplasticity and trauma. We understand addiction so much differently. Like we are in such a, 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 a hub of transformation of how we view ourselves and our experience with the planet and experience with each other that the time really has come to um, a cream on the crop space, you know, like a, a, a cream mm. rising, you know, and, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about, you know, what is to evolve in the cannabis, cannabis space and, and what is evolving in the psychedelic space. I'm mm-hmm. about the getting us out of our, our trauma, getting us out of our fears, getting us out of um, programs that are no longer serving us, you know, and, and letting us evolve. We need it. Our planet needs it. We as a species need it. And everything we collaborate with on this planet needs it. I want to say this out loud so my audience understands and maybe can help themselves if they have an opportunity to. I've just been through something that, you know, so common to women. I'm now a widow. And, you know, my spouse died about three months ago. Well, thank you, darling. And I miss him terribly. And of course, I had this, you know, (laughs) bottomless pit of sadness. And I I was in the middle of some, you know, uh, um, um, a moving thing that I couldn't stop for the sadness that was taking me down. I had to continue in motion with my life. 
And so I did some golden teacher mushrooms, Mm. magic mushrooms. Mm. And I took kind of a hefty dose. It was about three and a half grams. Mm. And it uh, lifted me, made my knees a little wobbly, but it lifted that sadness from me. And uh, I and I didn't have to uh, do another dose, and I was fine. It just mm-hmm. it just took it away. That's all I can say. And it left me living in the love and the spirit of his energy that was left for me. You know, uh, for weeks, mm. his I could feel his you know energy still around me. And then um, I I didn't need any more dose or anything like that. And I have felt fine ever since. But I could feel myself going down, 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 down in yeah. sadness, you know, and uh, and leading into depression. And mm-hmm. I sure as hell didn't want to go there. No. So I, I it was not the first time I had used that product and I knew that it would be good for me and that it could possibly, you know, if I used a little bit more than I had before, which was only maybe, you know, one and a half grams, something like that. Um, uh, Just enough to make me sort of giggly, like, Mm -hmm. like the onset of a a nice champagne. Mm. And, um, but this this really lasted for about four hours, um, maybe a little longer. And I just felt such a relief from that sadness. So I just wanted my audience to understand what a mushroom experience would feel like uh, mm. when you're in that. You know, my intention was to help lift me out of the sadness. And you you really need an intention when you're doing this this kind of uh compound work because it's it's chemically affecting your insides and how you think so yeah for sure now now honey did you do it in a therapeutic setting did somebody sort of sit with you or um... I I um yes in a way Mm-hmm. I had um, a psychologist friend of mine mm-hmm. uh, on online with me mm-hmm. and uh, another dear friend who was in my mushroom grow club, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who had used this product many times. And, you know, so, yes, we had discussed it many times over and uh, they were there with one was there in person. The other was on, you know, like on Zoom and yeah, and just helping to guide my emotions and, uh, you know, and, and keep me focused on what I was there to do because it's like work, you know, you you know, and I, and I, I love that you just said that, honey, Uh, you know, working on ourselves is work. Yeah. Anytime that you're working with a, um, with a substance that is supporting, um, emotional work, you know, it, it is, it is work and it, it is, uh, an experience that brings elements of euphoria that brings elements of embodiment and those types of things. But there is a lot of work. There's, there's a lot of purging, you know, people might think, oh my gosh, I, I just purged or I threw up or whatever, you know, sometimes they come in lots of different ways, you know, but, and people say, oh, something must be wrong when I'm having that experience, because everybody talks about, oh, they felt love and they felt euphoria and they, they danced around and here you are throwing. Right. 
<laughs> and people are like, oh my God, there must be something wrong. And I want to say, I am a royal purger. Like, you know, the, the energy of which I, the contextual life of my inside experience is so much that I purge. And so when I, uh, when I was in ayahuasca, I purged. Um, I also have had the blessed experience of some psilocybin, which is the magic mushrooms experience. Um, and, um, I, I've, I've had a, a wonderful opportunity to, um, have had a couple MDMA experiences. And oh, wow. How did that differ from uh, your uh, mushroom experience, can you say? Friends, I'm just stunned to realize how difficult it is to find trustworthy, high-quality CBD products that are full-spectrum, whole plant, with all the natural compounds extracted from the plant for you to consume as nature provided. They just don't carry it in the dispensaries in my town. They push their own isolate brands, and that's just not good enough for me. It doesn't have all the compounds. I've heard a lot of complaints about how to find consistent, over-the-counter CBD products, and I have a solution. I became an affiliate partner with Healer Hemp Products. And Dr. Dustin Sulak, a, a doctor of osteopath who created this line, is truly one of the greatest leaders in cannabis therapy walking the planet today, giving his patients relief from their issues for many, many years with his Healer CBD products that can now be shipped to all 50 states. I use his acidic version of cannabidiol, or CBDA. It has everything plus a lot more of the compound which Dr. Sulak and other leaders in this industry have found to be more potent, thereby using less, which ends up making a big difference to your wallet, but it also adds many benefits to your body. Start lifting your quality of life with Healer CBD products today and check out a savings that I can offer you in the link below. Yes, I will say like MDMA, which is about ready to come through in a therapeutic setting uh, in FDA approval, I think very soon, maybe spring of 2024. And they're doing a lot of research with veterans with PTSD. Um, and that took a lot of time and, and uh, hats off to Rick Doblin. I I'm mm -hmm. telling I know like these broad statements of the guy saving the world, but yeah. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> I'm a fan of Gabor Mate, who is a, uh, is a, a trauma leader, uh, MD. And he says, you know, be careful not to say that, but you know, MDMA in its particular um, drug effect and is, is like the love molecule. And it's called that way because it really does rush the system in a dopamine and serotonin place and in the combination of those drug effects. And that is an incredible inner dive of self-love, mm. which I don't think any of the other elements that I've experienced have given me such a, a specific 
space of self-love. Um, my first experience with MDMA was a very, you know, pretty low dose of, um, 50 milligrams. Um, and it was a capsule and I did it in the setting with, uh, also a, you know, a sitter or companion. Um, and people see you in ways that you reflect, but it's very often that we don't see ourselves how, how others see us. And I was able to see myself in ways I think that people have seen me that I haven't been able to receive. And there's just an innocent space of, of love and presence. And I really felt that MDMA gave me that gift. And so, and then when I did the, um, I did a hundred milligram, it was a little more intense for sure, but still an amazing feeling of that, like, beautiful, beautiful love. And I'm a little person. I'm maybe about five one um, and um, just kind of petite. Um, mm -hmm. So the first experience I was, a, I was, I moved around a lot. I put on music. I danced. I, I played some music and it was just lovely. The, the 100 milligram, I was more laying down and stretching, you know, I was yeah. more on the carpet in my music room in my basement and, you know, just stretching a lot. And a lot of like stretching my mouth and opening my eyes and like these sort of sounds of, ah, uh, like, you know, like the sigh, uh, yeah. you know, ah, uh, it feels so good, <laughs> which, which comes out in ayahuasca a little bit too. Like there's a, ah, uh, you know, a really, uh -huh. you know, and that's what that is. And I, you know, I, I, I really, I don't think that all of these medicines are necessarily there for everyone, but I think if you're called to them and you're curious about them and you come into them with support where, you know, if you're taking other medicines, you talk to people who understand, you know, what medicines that you, you shouldn't take at the same time and you're coming into it responsibly. Yeah. Hello, pharmacist. Yeah. We and have so many people who are afraid and unloved and believe they are unloved. <laughs> oh, my God, what MDMA could do for those people. Yeah. So we're really excited about seeing that. And yeah, I, you know, I, I, I'm really excited about, you know, the work that is being done. You know, we do now have um, six new uh, companies uh, who are doing research on these elements, cannabis, as well as, as some of these psychedelics with veterans specifically three, I think are doing specific. Oh, hallelujah. Um, yeah. And there, and, and one is in like has finished or, or finishing phase two, um, and, and in clinical trials. Oh, that's have, great. Yeah. In clinical trials, you have the phase one, you have phase two, mm, and then they three. go three, four in market and those yeah. types of things post-market. So yeah. we're moving along slowly, but they are moving along. And, and I'm really excited for us. The science of cannabis is just <laughs> so complex. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know how they're going to wash it all out, but I, it's thrilling to, you know, be a fly on the wall and watch it all happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, it is complex, you know, it's this, this plant, this, this biological plant has hundreds and hundreds of compounds. Mm -hmm. I think we've identified maybe about 150 or so. I, I <laughs> heard a, a, a really great scientist in the, in the field named Hunter Land, who has been doing work for decades on this. In fact, he was one of the original researchers, 
researchers in the epidiolics um, oh. model. So, you know, and Hunter is uh, chief scientific officer for one of the new DEA um, comp uh, organizations that's doing this research. Oh, great. Um, and, you know, there's so much research and, you know, it, and there's so many individual compounds, like, you know, you talk about CBD and then the THC, but you, there's, you know, the people have heard of CBN. We, we mentioned it even here about how THC, you know, degrades, oxidates to, you know, to CBN. And then there's the CBG people probably see, and people are starting to talk about what is THCA? What is that? Mm. What is THCV? Mm -hmm. So there are so many, um, compounds in this plant and we're just starting to do that kind of research and and the researchers are saying you know so much needs to be done on these these isomers these these individual oh, yeah and and that will benefit us you know if we can continue to do that but doing research and the terpenes, my lord, the terpene therapy and the difference the terpenes makes in our cannabis and yeah. all of that. There's you know, just yeah. tons to learn. Yeah, I mean, terpenes are things that we have in our food, you know, that's why our lemons smell like lemons and our mm -hmm. oranges smell like oranges and those type of things. But we have to understand, you know, when we eat something that's one thing we, you know, we ingest it, we metabolize it, it moves through the body, it goes through the stomach. But if we're inhaling certain things, certain things may be good to ingest. But if you're smoking things or you're inhaling things and things are added, the lungs are not metabolizing that in any form. And that is going directly into the blood system and the central nervous system. And we need to understand toxicity in those things. And and we just need more time and we need more research. And that research costs a ton of money. Oh, my, it sure does. And takes a while. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, if we can get on this change on a federal level, then we have we have industry that is ready to do more research. We yeah, have support. We have people who are very educated and we have academics that are educating and that are waiting to do this research that are, that are, that are attempting to do this research. And it's, it's very difficult to do with, a, with the DEA involved in that type of research and the requirements and the tracking and the, and I do think we have to be safe with it, but I, I think we're in a space that's a bit overkill for, for what it all is. We surely are. Hey, I just joined your mailing list. Oh, right on. I did at KarenJanes.com. And let me spell your last name. It's J-A-Y-N-E-S. So mm -hmm. KarenJanes.com. Mm -hmm. And you can also, I'm sure, um, won't you tell us how we can get in touch with you, dear? Is that the way or do you have another way? Yeah, no, I ha that's my email. I, you can find me on LinkedIn um, and uh you know, on my website, if, if you're interested in what our program uh, taught, uh, you know, in that master's program and you're, you're interested, uh, under my me, there, my portfolio for my program is there. And uh, my white paper that I did for um, the Council for Federal Cannabis um, wow. is, is there that we did with regard to um, the industry and the FDA and conversations that I had with you know, really um, important experts that are in this field um, on the regulatory side, like uh -huh. 
like um, Joanne Cheedy, who was the Inspector General of of Health and Human Services, who has been on this, um, you know, conversation of how do we regulate cannabis for years, you know, and how, and, you know, it kind of educates us on how, how agencies work. How does the federal government work? Why does this stuff take so long? You know, I, I talk about, you know, a little bit of the FDA. We talk about the the law and, and what has to happen, how we focus our priorities in, in our country. And and we're doing that. We've checked all those boxes, which is really great to see. Um, and then, you know, experts who have been doing this kind of work on a therapeutic, like Mara Gordon, who um, has been helping very sick patients, including pediatric patients with cancer um, formulation. She's in, she's a process engineer that has been working in this field for decades in, in supporting, um, you know, very sick patients and who has her own company. I think her company is based out of Australia. Um, but ju- just so many people that have informed that paper and, and just some other um, papers, you know, informing on in, on hemp and informing on, I think my, my Delta 8, um, I have a Delta 8 paper there too. So there's lots of good stuff on there. Congratulations on this massive work that you've already done. Mm. It's so helpful that um, to have these papers for us to read and catch up on the science that you're already leading in. Mm. Can't thank you enough for that. I would like to ask you something a little personal. Sure. What's your music genre? Oh, that's so cool. Um, <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I have a few projects that I'm working with. Um, my partner and I, uh, his name is Harry and um, he and he, side note, he is a uh, PhD psychologist and he is doing infinite kind of leadership work um, in the sort of psychedelic space. So, oh, nice. We have very common um, interest and, and he's a drummer. So uh, he plays djembe and drums and now guitar because I taught him guitar over um, COVID when I was. Oh, that's learning, sweet. Yeah, I was learning mandolin that, and, and he learned guitar. But um, we do, you know, some kind of troubadour covers um we play like Joni Mitchell oh wow we do James Taylor we do Peter Gabriel oh my gosh yeah so some and and you know my music is follows sort of that inspired space I Mm -hmm. I bring a lot of songs that you know back in the 70s 80s 90s -hmm. even current stuff that just really brings the heart Mm-hmm. into the space and oh, then, that's sweet yeah and then um i'm in another uh a group we're called spiral rhythms ensemble i'm so excited about this group um they've been together for oh a, a decade maybe wow maybe two they've been together so they are a percussion ensemble that i've joined um just uh maybe a year or two ago um that they it is an it is all improvisation and so we um, do sort of embodiment um, uh, workshops, not, not workshops, but events um, where wow. people move and dance. And we've done it regionally, um, New York, uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio. Wow. And so we, uh, I bring vocalization, um, rhythm, 
a little bit of guitar to it, and they bring various drum and percussion. So congas, uh, drum kit, djembes, um, all kinds of percussions and congas. And it's it's quite an uh, amazing experience. And we bring that to healing spaces. We bring it to wow. movement spaces. And uh, I, I love that. In fact, if if that's all I did, that would be okay, you know, but, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're too busy to, right. to not do the others. But, you know, it only works. It works that part of my brain too. So, yeah. um, so we do that. And then, um, yeah, so those are my main projects that I'm doing in music. How about you, honey? What do you do in music? Well, I'm at an earlier stage than you. <laughs> yeah. As in the 12th and 13th century. Oh, wow. So I play the old stuff, uh, <laughs> not necessarily liturgical, but uh, more um, Renaissance and medieval stuff than, you like know, magic. just. You're a magic. Yeah, more uh -huh. of a, more, more magical stuff. That's right. I do <laughs> sing a little bit, but uh, mostly I play recorder and um, lute and stuff like that. Um, and then I've had a band for, well, until I came up here, I had a band for about 15 years. And they're carrying on now down in Florida. As soon as I am able to get around, I'm going to start a, another band up here. Another, oh, another medieval gypsies were called. I love it. And you <laughs> let me know when you are when your band is doing something because you are not too far from me and I would love to see that. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, right. Well, I love uh the happiness that music provides for me. And I use it just as another I understand it now as another tool. Yeah. Uh, in my life practice. Thank you for that term. Mm -hmm. And uh, I try to utilize that to lift me and keep me and keep my heart in the, you know, present space. Mm. Uh, but, but me, that's fun. That's funny. It doesn't really keep me in the present space. Music always sends me elsewhere. You know, I think music comes to us here. Like from, I, for me, I was trying to bring words to my experience in it because it's profound. And, and I feel when I sit with my instruments, whether even voice, you know, my, one of my uh, main instruments, when I'm with it, I, I feel music come into me. Like I feel it come into me almost as a character. Yes. Yeah. It's, <sighs> it's an incredible experience. And I I feel so blessed being able to create your own music. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Not everybody can create music. Mm, yeah. I understand that. I I'm I I thought everybody could. And I and but but also I am not quite the uh classically trained. I can't read music as I play necessarily. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can read tablet tablature or I can read, you know, chords and things, but I'm not reading the notes like, yeah, yeah. Like my ex-husband's a very much read music. My daughter is very good at reading, reading music, but that's not me. I'm more of a let it drop in and kind of see where it goes. Or well, follow. not everybody needs that tool of being able to read music, yeah. and it's another language to learn. It is it totally is so. 
Wow. Well, I just love that we're so connected this way through music and cannabis and mm-hmm. and uh, body movement through spirit and uh, other plants and stuff. Karen, it's a delight to speak with you. And I am a big fan of yours now. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I joined your mailing list already oh. <laughs> and I want everybody else to in well, order great. to take advantage of, of uh, your wisdom and leadership. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming today. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell our audience? You know, I, I just want to encourage everyone to, you know, let go of the things you think, you know, and, and be safe and, and move forward with, I'll, I'll use a, 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 a term that Jay Wexler uses, um, in his book called weed rules. Mm. Um, is a University of Boston uh, constitutional law uh, professor who also teaches cannabis law. And he, in his book, he, he talks about how we can move forward in regulation and policy in a way that is uh, cautiously exuberant. And I love that term. And I think it, it gives us an opportunity to embrace joy I do, too. It sounds very hopeful, doesn't it? Coming from an authority figure on the matter. For sure. And and, you know, I think it's time that we allow ourselves to enjoy our human experience, um, expand ourselves in in knowledge, expand ourselves in um, our our bodies and, and how we live here in the space that we have in the short time that we have it and and bring joy to the forefront of of what we're doing. Yes, indeedy. What a thrill to have you, my dear. Thank you so much for gracing our show. And won't you come back sometime soon? I would love to invite me back. Okay, I surely will. Take care and have a blessed and wonderful, fabulous, incredible day. Thanks. (laughs) Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to another Cannabis Truth Podcast with 21st century cannabis shaman, Honey Smith Walls, that's me, about the importance of using verifiably safe products. The process of getting a diagnosis from your family doctor and taking your records to a cannabis specialist can lead you to the correct cannabinoid therapy for those issues. Otherwise, you're just your own guinea pig looking for answers without any foundational knowledge or ability to determine the best choices or strategies. To find a qualified cannabis expert to help you in your area, visit CannabisClinicians.org. It is a national society of cannabis experts, and you'll see that link down below in my show notes. Unless otherwise proven by a reputable third-party lab test, please regard all street weed as contaminated. It may do grave harm to a patient with a delicate immune system who already has inflammatory issues like arthritis, IBS, fibromyalgia, or worse. Thanks so much for your time today. I hope you found value and understanding through conversations you've listened to on this podcast. Pax Oh, I hear the cows calling. Thank you.